Hey, Chris here, and I wanted to thank everyone that's been calling the 507-556-7271 number and leaving their comments and asking their questions and and just sharing in general. Um, I greatly appreciate it. And what the plan is as of right now is to do a two-part, two-year anniversary sort of (laughs) special, I guess, uh, beginning next week. And those, uh, those voicemails you've been leaving will be used um, across those two shows in some capacity. So listen for them there. And then after that, um, you can keep calling 507-556-7271. We'll start using them more regularly um, throughout you know, no, normal shows. Um, and uh, yeah, other than that, uh, you know, uh, check out uh, the recoveryrevolution.online for a new cover as of uh, yesterday. And uh, that's The Sober Senorita. Kelly Fitzgerald, and um, yeah, we're looking forward to our third year, and and we we actually had a talk last night about you know what that might look like and how what we might keep, what we might change, um, how we might might evolve. So uh, hopefully you, you stick around and and join us into our third year to see uh, if we finally get our shit together. All right, thanks. the recovery revolution will be podcast on the since right now addiction recovery network welcome to the since right now addiction recovery podcast the podcast of clean and sober k-l-e-n and s-o-b-r and since right now.com with your hosts in recovery jeff matt and chris Hello. Can you hear us? Yes. Yo, Hi. Yes. Wow. <laughs> All right. So here's Jeff. Hi. Hi, Jeff. How, How are, are you? Oh, really good. I'm, we're Facebook friends now. Oh, yeah. sweet. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited about that. We just became Facebook official friends. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I, I looked at your photos. That's good. I'm going to get a lot of you doing yoga in different places. That's what I think is going to happen. Is that what I'm yes. going to get? Okay. Yeah, exactly. And I like to travel and move around a lot. Perfect. <laughs> And then you got Matt. Hello. Nice. Hey, Matt. How are you doing? We're not Facebook friends, but I'm, I'm not Facebook good. friends with anybody. So. Oh, well, then I don't feel That's too good. That's that. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for joining us. Hi. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Um, so we were just talking about uh, how, uh, you know, uh, if you've listened to any, you know that, like, you know, I, I'm the guy that's online mm-hmm. sort of sc- tweeting, Facebooking. Um, with the recovery revolution, Jeff and Matt typically are introduced to people yep. by the podcast initially. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was talking about how you, you know, we're, we're everybody in the recover, the greater recovery community, sort of in the same, you know, orbit, sort of moving in and out of the different Venn circles on the diagram. Yes. <laughs> and um, and we've just sort of bounced around the same sphere. Um, for I don't know, I guess a couple of years probably, yeah. and just finally got on the phone and talked and said, "Hey, let's let's, uh, let's touch base and see what's going on and and, and get you on the podcast." Because um, uh, you know we were talking about in the pre-call that as we go into our third year now, we're moving into a place where it's it's sort of really celebrating what people are doing in recovery with their recovery that they couldn't have done before. And right. uh, I'm going to let you go from there because you're certainly doing a lot as, yeah. as Jeff mentioned yeah. earlier and you mentioned you're yeah. all over 
place literally. Introducer. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. This is saying. true. <laughs> That's why there are three of us. Um, uh, Carly Benson of Miracles Are Brewing. Yes. Miracles Are Brewing. Com. I like that. Right. That's uh, right. Okay. So, uh, where where do you want to start? Do you want to back up? Do you want to start in the present? Um, Anywhere you guys want to start. Yeah. I mean, um, where are you I right guess, now? What I guess it's good to like kind of get a history of, um, you oh, know, sure. all of that fun stuff. But we can start wherever you'd like. But actually, let's start with Jeff. Jeff had a question. Where, where, where are, Oh, yeah. Where are, are you? you? Where because are you located? Always... Oh, okay. So this is funny. I'm homeless right now, kind of, technically. Okay. <laughs> I, um, I was living in Naples, Florida. Um, I actually kind of grew up there. I went to, I lived in Dallas and then moved to Naples when I was in high school. And so kind of had been in Naples for like 20 years and just was feeling this itch to sort of see more of the world. Um, kind of wanted to check out the West Coast, California in particular. So about two months ago, I sold all my stuff and my whole life is in a five by five right now or what I kept at least. Um, and packed a suitcase and took me and myself to California, to San Diego. I've been staying with friends, kind of just trying to decide um, where I want to land. And I've actually been going back and forth between San Diego. I went to Scottsdale for an event. I was in New York um, for a wedding and Vegas and just kind of all over the place. But, yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting to be wow. living out of a suitcase and sort of being a little bit homeless. I want to so. sell all my stuff and go to California. It's like yeah, I thought, that sounds you know, awesome. <laughs> yeah, like if I don't do this now, when am I really – Am I going to do this? Totally. So That's good you I just know went that. for it. Yeah, I went yeah. for it. I figured, you know what? Naples will always be there. It's kind of a sleepy little beach town. And mm-hmm. I was getting a little a little bored there. Um, it's kind of more of one of those communities where it's a retire. It's definitely a retirement capital for the U.S. And then it's very family-oriented. So I'm not married and don't have kids and I'm not retired. So I was kind of like in this weird in-between, like, what do I do here <laughs> kind of thing. That's funny. Yeah, so. Yeah, Florida's like that. I used to live in uh, New Smyrna Beach. Yeah, and if you're oh, yeah. kind of young and single, it's like, that's not who lives in Florida. No, no. <laughs> I was like. like <laughs> lots of grandparents and bikers. Exactly. I swear, every time I tell someone, oh, yeah, I'm from Naples, it's like, oh, yeah, my, my grandfather has totally. an apartment there. My great yeah. aunt has a place there. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's about right. <laughs> <laughs> that's well, that's, that's exciting. Yes, it is. It's exciting, but also a little um kind of crazy because you know not having a plan or I guess a routine for most people that are in recovery like don't do too well with Mm -hmm. it so um it's it's uh it's a it's been it's been a great adventure it's also been a little challenging but I'm loving it I'm I'm absolutely loving it Uh, so let's uh we won't go all the way back yet because what what I imagine is is um helping you in this is is what you do which I mean this Miracles Are Brewing is a what? I'll let you describe what, what, what you do there and what you do as a... Sure, sure. So Miracles Are Brewing actually started out as a hobby. Um, I just was writing because it was sort of therapeutic for me. And I write, I was writing about, you know, what was going on with, within my recovery. I didn't even start Miracles Are Brewing until like three or four years into my recovery. So it was sort of just an outlet for me to sort of 
share what I was learning and what books I was reading and just inspirational stuff. I kind of took on like this big self-development um, thing, which we can sort of get into with the back history of things. But um, yeah, so it sort of has morphed into, it's, it's basically a personal blog. Um, I share on there a lot of real-time stuff, like what's going on in my life, um, things I'm getting inspiration from, lessons I'm learning, um, you know, tips for sobriety that work for me, um, maybe like non-traditional kind of stuff, um, all kinds of stuff like that. Like I, I kind of explain it on the page as, you know, I'm doing coaching with people one-on-one. Um, a lot of people enter through the blog because they, they read something that they like and then they want to work with me. Um, but then it's also just kind of an inspirational place. Um, a lot of people, especially on the Facebook page, I think go there because I post stuff daily that's sort of, you know, real but honest and uplifting and, you know, perspective kind of things to think about. And, um that's that's sort of what it is. It's sort of like a an inspirational concepts uh, website with sort of a theme of you know sobriety, recovery, faith, spirituality, life lessons, that kind of stuff. Cool. Yes, that's awesome. Did you and did you evolve? I assumed just starting making it. A lot of people. It's funny how they just start writing therapeutically, and all of a sudden this blog starts. And so, how many years have you been doing this? Thing to where it's evolved to. yeah it's kind of crazy i never expected it to sort of grow yeah. into what it is yeah, right it's kind of awesome yeah. yeah i literally just like i took a writing class because i had i had gone through a breakup i want to say this was in 2012 so about f- four years ago mm-hmm. um and i was just writing um for the class it was sort of like um kind of like a memoir, like nonfiction type of writing class. And so I wrote about what I knew about, which was sobriety and what was working for me. And like the last night that I went out and drank and, you know, did drugs and I shared it with some people and they were like, man, this is really good. You're, you're a good writer. You could help people with this. And so, you know, my daytime job, um, is I do websites and social media and SEO and pay-per-click for clients and I just sort of took that knowledge and created a blog and didn't tell anyone about it obviously right. for a while <laughs> and then it went public with it on Facebook and started a Facebook page and just it just got these like arms and legs that I like never expected for it yeah. to happen I guess it just was resonating with people that you know I when you're telling your truth and that's something um, I talk a lot about with clients is just kind of being open and honest and transparent and authentic and talking about your truth. It's like that resonates with people. And that's what, that's what people want is like, I feel like a lot of people, um, especially on the Facebook page, they come there cause they want hope. They, they want something, you know, they like to see stories of transformation and, you know, people making changes. And so, yeah, it really started out as therapeutic. Um, and then just people started sharing it. People started contacting me and, um, it sort of morphed into what it is today. It definitely has evolved over time. I can, it's funny. I'll go back and I'll read an old blog post. Like someone will message me and say, hey, I read this. And I'll go back and I'm, I'll read it. And I'm like, man, I wrote that. Because <laughs> you're surprised at how good it is or you just don't well, remember writing it? Both, both. Sometimes yeah. I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't remember stringing those words together. And that's, that's pretty good. I mean, yeah. if I was just reading that and someone else wrote it, I'd kind of wish I wrote it. And uh-huh. hey, I did. That's the, that's the only way I can appreciate my own work is like five years later, I'll look yeah. at it and be like, because when, when you're in it, you're like, oh, this sucks. I hate exactly. it. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's kind of clever. 
Yeah, I go back and I read it. And I'm like, dang, where did you pull that from? <laughs> at, at what do you remember the day when you're like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take this public. I'm ready to go with this. Um. Oh my gosh, I do. It was. Um, let's see. It was in April. I started it um, in 2012, and I just put it online, and I was writing and I was posting things, and then I, I actually launched it in April of 13. Yeah. I don't remember the exact date, yeah. um, but I kind of was like, you know what? I just need to do this. Like a lot of people in my my personal circle of friends knew that I was sober, and people would come to me and say, hey, how did you do it? And I would often get like the same questions, and so I'm mm-hmm. like. There's a need for this because I remember when I was getting sober, I, you know, I didn't want to go to AA. Like for some reason, I just didn't resonate with me. And I felt like there wasn't a lot of resources for someone who was just looking for information or like a different way to go about it. Mm -hmm. And so many people had said, hey, you know, you need to do this. And um, I wanted to be of service. I kind of felt like I was given this gift of sobriety that not everyone can do um, or is able to, to, you know, hang on to. And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to put this out there and I'll never forget. I posted my first like blog post on my Facebook page, my personal mm-hmm. Facebook page. Yeah. And I paced around my house like sweating. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh no. And I were like, oh my God, holy shit. What did you just do? <laughs> Leave it. Is someone liking it? Like, you know, yeah. When, yeah, yeah, yeah. does it suck? Are they going to like it? Are people going to make fun of me? I mean, I was just like, because I'm, I'm kind of like, an introverted sort of extrovert so I can kind of be shy sometimes um and just putting yourself out there it's scary oh yeah it's super scary and I still I mean much and much less now but I mean sometimes I push the publish button on my blog and I'm like hmm I don't know should I put that out there should I not you know you question yourself Yeah. yeah I just had this kind of burning desire inside of me to help other people and I figured you know what if if it helps one person, then that's really all that matters. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, sharing anything that you've created is a yeah. super vulnerable place to be, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, so now, now, let's back up. Ready, everybody? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's back up. Buckle you know. up. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> um, so, I lost the thread of my question. So, you talked about, only because you mentioned AA um, wasn't, necessarily the path you took you probably explored it but let's back up and talk about how you came to be You're in possession of story let's just so get, much valuable yeah, recovery on, knowledge okay yeah absolutely i mean i um i won't go through the whole entire history because it's crazy but it's i think it's important that um we talk about it because i started drinking and smoking weed at a very young age like i think i was like 14 or 15 um which is kind of young for, for um at least back in the day in my time maybe not so young anymore. <laughs> like, what is your time like how old, how old are you right now 35 i'm 35 35 okay yeah, so when I was in high school and like a senior in high school, it was like yeah. 99-ish, um, so I'm totally dating myself, but whatever. Um, so at the time, it was like a young young age to be starting, and by the time I had gone off to college, I had already had like a summer of, you know, taking ecstasy almost every weekend, and I had tried hard drugs. Um, I hadn't tried cocaine until I was a senior in college, though. Um, for some reason, my mom just was this voice in my head saying, hey, if, if you try that, if you try cocaine, you can die 
the first time. I just remember her like kind of telling me, like scaring me. And I, you know, so I never really tried it until I, I almost made it through. I kind of laugh about it. I'm like, man, I almost made it through college and didn't even like get on that. And um, so that was my drug of choice was cocaine. Mm-hmm. I tried it um, my senior year in college and I was basically hooked after the, the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of was born out of like a curiosity, like, mm-hmm. okay, this is something that's so bad. And like, I'm just curious. So like, I did a little bit. And then a little bit more, yeah. and then a little bit more, and then next thing I knew, it was just like a accessory to me going out drinking. Mm-hmm. And since I was in college, like I mean, I went out every single night, and it was great. It was like to me in my mind, I was like, oh, I can drink so much more. I can last longer. Like it's an equalizer. I'm not yeah. falling over. Mm-hmm. Um, it does. So it, it like it like helps yeah. you drink more. That's what it I liked does. about it, right? That's what I was like. And you know what it was too? It was, um, I mentioned this earlier, is I kind of was like a little bit shy. Um, I always kind of felt like I didn't quite fit in. And for me, it was like lights on. Like here you are, now you're this party girl. You're like in the social settings. You're going to all the cool after parties. And it was also like, now that I look back, it was, um, I think I was sort of addicted to the connection, mm-hmm. um, the connection with other people because you were going deep in conversations that like you're not having when you're sober. No. Um, and also the connection that I was kind of feeling to myself where I was like, wow, this is lighting me up. What well, at least I thought it was. Right. Um, so yeah, I, um, I started doing Coke in 2003 and I went strong for about five years. Um, yeah. Yeah, like that's uh, a good run. I think that's a good pretty run. good, pretty dang good run. Yeah. <laughs> so your average uh, running back in the NFL is three point three years, and you're doing coke yeah. for five. That's good. <laughs> Freaking good run. Yeah, I don't even know how I survived it. Yeah. And uh, people ask me all the time, "Oh, well, what was your breaking point? What did did you get a DUI? Did yeah. something happen?" I and it wasn't. That. Yeah, it wasn't like I had that happen. I I, I was very lucky that I never you know, hurt myself or didn't get in major trouble or arrested or DUIs or any of that. Um, I just kind of got to a point where I was like having major anxiety, major panic attacks. And I was like full of shame, so Mm -hmm. much shame just because I was mad at myself. I was like, man, all right, we're not going to do that tonight. Tonight's going to be different. We're just going to have two drinks and we're going to go home. And the next thing I know, it's like 10 in the morning and I'm standing on a balcony with sunglasses on like, shit, where's my car? How am I going to get home? Like, Mm -hmm. well, you did it again. Like I, I couldn't be normal. And, um, I just started getting so down on myself. Like, just, there's got to be more. There's got to be something better out there than this. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't. I couldn't stop. I couldn't, I just, I couldn't quit. Mm-hmm. Uh, were you a daily user or, like, a weekend party kind of co-user? Right. Good question. Um, it definitely was weekend partier mostly. Um, and I, you know what it was? It was I was a high-functioning addict. Mm-hmm. I justified my usage because I went to work. I paid my bills. I was, like going to the gym. I was handling my business, you know, so I kind of justified that I didn't have a problem, but I literally, the minute alcohol hit my lips, I was off to the races. And if I didn't have it, I was getting it. And if you wanted to come, great. And if you didn't, see you later. Like I was just, I was a very selfish person in my addiction. So it wasn't like a daily thing where I had to wake up and use to like get through my day. But it was a very much so every time I drank, I had to have it. Like there was no drinking and not doing cocaine. And that's like 
kind of why I decided, you know what, I got to quit drinking. It wasn't necessarily because I felt like I was like an alcoholic, so to speak. Um, yeah, I could drink a lot, um, but it, it wasn't like I was getting the shakes or any of that. It was more just if I want to quit using cocaine, I have to quit drinking alcohol because to, for me, that was the floodgates. Yeah. It's yeah. interesting. I, I sort of went the other way. I thought if I, I need to quit doing cocaine and ecstasy and then everything will be okay. I can, <laughs> I can keep drinking. Yeah. But yeah, that didn't work out. Um, for a while, I tried to say, yeah, I'll moderate. I'll just go to happy hour. And just like I just kept getting so frustrated because I couldn't freaking do it. Like I just could not moderate. And and it was almost like this weird, sick, twisted like thing I took pride in that like I was the last man standing or I could drink the whole bottle of vodka or I could hang with the boys or whatever it might be. And um, it really just kind of started to weigh on me because like on the outside – it looked like everything was fine and I had, you know, my shit together. And on the inside, I was like riddled with depression and anxiety and panic attacks and just so much shame and guilt about like, I would come down off Coke and I'd be like, man, what if my parents knew this? Or I had, I had a dog, um, at the time I'm like, I'm such a bad mom. Like, you know, or like, yeah, like you're just a crappy person. Yeah. And well, it you, just it started to happen in, in real life when, yeah. like, I wasn't coming down. And that's what started to really scare me. Yeah. Well, the, the, yeah, the paranoia and anxiety at the end of your using, especially if you're doing Coke, Coke, you know, or like, yes. uh, like it just it wears on you, grinds on you so hard. And you so just get super depressed. And, yeah, and I, you know, it's funny. I felt as if I were a, at the end, I believed I was just a morally corrupt person. And that was the natural state of being because I was so down on myself and I couldn't stop and I couldn't figure it out. And I thought mm -hmm. I was insane and it never struck me that I was an alcoholic, yeah. but it's just, just your bizarre. lot in life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just your lot in life. I'm just the bad yeah. guy in a bat, a villain in a movie or whatever. Exactly. It's just bizarre. Yeah. I'm like, I got this under control. I'm fine. I had like plenty of friends say, Hey, I'm worried about you. Uh, you know, you need to slow down. It's kind of isn't normal. You're partying. And like slowly but surely, like the seeds were planted, like with those conversations and, you know, things happening where I was like, man, I feel like a, I feel like kind of a jerk. I shouldn't have behaved that way or, you know, just little things like that. And, um, yeah, just one day I did the same thing. I said, I'm going to go out. I'm just going to have a couple drinks. I'm going to go to happy hour and I'm going to go home. And the next thing I knew, I was on the hunt. I was standing in the in a kitchen with, like, some guy I had met the night before. I don't even remember his name still to this day. And I remember I went outside to smoke a cigarette, and I didn't have my sunglasses. And I'm like, man, what are you doing? You don't have anywhere to sleep. You shouldn't be driving home. Um, you don't even know who this person is. Now you're out of Coke. Like, what are you going to do? And it was just the same freaking story on a repeat. And I was so tired of it and just yeah. so drained. And it's true. Like, they, they say you get to that point where it's just you're just sick and tired of being sick and tired. And it wasn't fun anymore. Like, the fun was gone. Um, so I drove home that day. And I remember I barely made it home. I got in and I just like, I, I actually, now that I, I write a lot and I do a lot of research, I kind of think I was actually having the delirium tremens that day because wow. I kind of had some hallucinations, which I didn't know what was happening at the time. I just thought I was sleep deprived. And um, in that moment, I kind of was just like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Like I, I literally can't do this anymore. And, um, I had a friend who was two months ahead of me sober and I called him and I'm like, how did you do it? And I was bawling, crying. Yeah. And I'm like, if you can do it, I gotta be able to. And he calmed me down and, um, told me to go to AA. And I, um, that was the first time I said I needed help. Yeah. And mm -hmm. 
verbally, like, mm-hmm. and it was scary. And I remember I got off the phone and then I just started crying again because it just like hit me like, wow, you have to, you got, you got to change this. This has to change. And I remember I was like, not a spiritual person. I didn't really go to church. Not that I didn't believe in anything. I just was too busy partying to even think about mm-hmm. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, um, something came over me that day and I literally dropped to my knees and just started praying. And I, I was like, I, I remember I was like, I don't even know if I'm doing this right, right. but like, I need help. I need a miracle. I, I don't want to live this way anymore. And I obviously can't do it on my own. And I just, I don't want to live this way anymore. Like, please, I, if you're, if you're real, you, yeah. you got to help me. And like, I, I get the chills. I still have the chills right now mm. telling that story. Yeah. And I never drank or did cocaine from that day forward. Wow. So wow. did you feel something? I did. I, I had a very similar experience where I yes. had that exact kind of thing <laughs> where I hit my knees and prayed for the first time. Did you know what you were praying to or it didn't matter? You were just praying. I, I knew I was praying to God, but I didn't actually know what that meant yeah. really at the time. Yeah. And um, yeah, this like wave of sort of calmness washed over me after yeah. that. I was like settled down and I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was just a very, very spiritual experience for me. Like I have the chills right now. Even yeah. I, wow. I get them every time I tell the story yeah. because it was like there was a shift in that moment. Mm-hmm. And like that's... You know, when people ask me, like, oh, how do you believe? And, you know, da, 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 I say it's it's an experience. It's mm. different for everyone. It's a relationship, in my opinion. And, like, that's how it kind of started for me. And I I did. I went to AA that night. And yeah, um, cool. I did. I drove. And I was in Tampa at the time, in Tampa, Florida. And um, it was on the closest one was on Martin Luther King. And I was like, oh, geez, here we go. <laughs> so I get there. You saw the Chris I, Rock special? Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yes. It's like a trucker stop. What am I doing? Right. And so I drive in the parking lot and I drive back out. I'm like, I can't do this. I circle back around. I'm like, all right, forget it. I'm going in. I'm just going to go. Yeah. And, and you've never um, been to an AA meeting before? Never been to AA. Wow. That is and, bold. That's yeah. Bold. And just came off of a bender like that morning. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I um I go it's a speaker meeting and it was cool like I was vibing with the guy that was talking like he was telling his story and doing his thing but um <laughs> in this moment this girl next to me um it was a very small speaker meeting the girl next to me um like a cell phone starts ringing in the middle of the meeting and she goes in her purse and she starts pulling like cell phone out after cell phone. She pulled out like six cell phones and I'm like, holy shit, this is a call girl. And I'm like, this is just not me. Like, I'm not like this. This is not like, I don't, I like it just for some reason that one experience inside of it just like in my mind set me off that like, I'm not like these people, but in all reality, I was exactly like them. I just wore it differently, you know? And I think at the time I just was so afraid of like answering to someone as a sponsor or doing step work or like diving deep. I wasn't ready for that. I just like, I just wanted to be sober. I just didn't, I just wanted to not have anxiety anymore. Um, And so I left that meeting and I was like, this isn't for me. I can't do it. (laughs) Um, Not that I don't think it works. And I did go back a few times and found some cool meetings and I've gone with friends and stuff and I don't knock it at all. I think everybody has their own, you know, way that they go about things. But for me, I started going to church. I started working out. Um, I just kind of built this routine and this like spiritual practice and, and that was kind of my jam. But yeah, I mean, cool. that was August 17th, 2008 and never drank or did Coke again. That's and awesome. yeah, so thank I, you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had a very similar experience and I, I in, 
too describe it as something washed over me. Yes. A feeling washed over me. And so with the fact that you said that makes, and I've never heard anyone else say it until you just said it just now, but that's me exactly either. what it was. Other than Jeff, exp- yeah. that's the closest I've heard to what Jeff has described. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like yeah. a, sp- a described. true spiritual experience yeah. like they write about in the big book. Yes. Like yeah. the moment before that, I couldn't stop using. And the moment after that, it was gone. It was gone. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's kind of why, you know, that's why miracles are brewing right. was born there because I felt like all along, this was like this miracle trying to happen and trying to happen. And people were saying, Hey, slow down. I'm worried about you and this, that, and the other. And it was like, just this miracle was just like brewing over there on the side. And then one day just bam, it was like, <laughs> that's it. That's <laughs> what, that's what you so, <laughs> we, we were talking before the, before we got on that Chris, Matt and I all have like, we're not positivity is not natural for us <laughs> my default setting is yeah like cynics, yeah. We're cynics. but and so we're like oh and she because i read your thing and it seems like this is a big part of the we see i see it a lot lots of self-help very positive so i'm curious were you always a positive person have have you figured out how to do that it was that a natural thing or how does that does, do you still have a dark side or, or what is that? Absolutely. All? Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, and, and that's actually something I've been writing a lot about and trying to like even cultivate even more is is when that dark side comes out, like being honest about it, because it's right. not always all like rainbows and, you know, cotton candy and unicorns. Like it's great to to try and have a positive mindset. But I mean, uh, we're all human, you know, yeah. and um, it's um it's something that's definitely been cultivated over time. Um, like I said, I, I really didn't even start getting into like self-development and self-help and that kind of stuff until a few years into my sobriety, like coinciding with when I started writing. I started following people like Mastin Kip of The Daily Love, this guy Coop Blackson, I don't know if you've heard of him, Gabrielle Bernstein, um, those kinds of people. And um, it just was really resonating with me. And... Um, you know, I was reading a lot. I've read a ton of books, um, a ton of books. Yeah, you're like a self-help person who's read a lot of self-help stuff. Yeah, I'm like a self-help junkie, like yeah. admittedly so. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> um, so that's really helped me sort of like yeah. shape my mindset. And, um, I, you know, I, um, I, I felt that in a way I actually ended up doing step work in my own way because sure. like a lot of that stuff that you read about and you know that that kind of like positivity and motivational stuff really kind of asks you to face things that um you know you you don't want to face that's like the reason I was doing drugs and drinking and stuff like that I didn't really want to face the reality of of stuff and so it's definitely something that's happened over time um it's definitely something I still struggle with sometimes I can get like in a real negative um state of mind but I guess the biggest thing um that helps me to sort of try to stay in a positive state of mind and this is what I talk to with a lot of like the clients that I work with is just the awareness of it Mm -hmm. The awareness inside of sobriety is like was the game changer for me. When I was able to become aware of the voice in my head that was like, oh, it's happy hour. Oh, you had a bad day. Oh, it's time to go have a drink. And like the awareness that I brought into my sobriety early on, um, I had read a book called Rational Recovery, and that's what it talked about is recognizing the beast inside of you. So that awareness of being able to like say, okay, I'm having these thoughts. 
why am I having these thoughts? And I'm going to tell them no. Because guess what? I'm in control, not the voice or the beast. And that's big in when you catch yourself sort of like falling outside of positivity or like getting stuck in a negative um you know, pattern of thinking is just being aware of the fact that you're doing it. Because we know when we're doing it, you know. Um, and so that's helped me a lot. Yeah. And does, is what's behind that, um, is there like a, a tendency to depression and anxiety that's behind all the the using? Absolutely. Okay. For me, I mean, like I said, it, I think my anxiety and depression was born from coming down off of cocaine so much because I was one of those people who didn't take sleeping pills or Xanax or anything to counteract the come down. I just white knuckled it. I just oh. laid there and white knuckled it and like had those horrible thoughts and just dealt with it so much that like mm-hmm. it started coming over into my real life space, I guess, if you call it. And but before um, that, was, was there depression and anxiety is there not really that I remember not really that I remember I am yeah and and it's funny because I spent thousands of dollars with therapists and coaches and and things like that trying to like figure out the root of everything and Mm -hmm. because I didn't really have um like some crazy childhood or like you know, my parents are still married. Like a lot of the triggers you think like would set someone off, I didn't really have. Um, I had a bad car accident when I was 15, which was kind of a traumatic um, experience. And that's one thing I kind of link it to. But I don't think I ever really struggled with any kind of depression and anxiety until I started using. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when did you decide, like, I'm going to start coaching people? What, what was the moment where... To share yeah. what, you know, what you think yeah. you that's a great question. I um, you know what it was is once miracles are brewing, the Facebook page is like kind of the really big vehicle for everything. Um, it's just grown so much, and um, over time, thank you. <laughs> uh, it's definitely bigger than I expected. Um, over time, it was like people were contacting me and asking me how did you do it, and a lot of people had you know similar questions, and I'm like, you know what, like. I have like I guess the street smarts for this because I've done the work and I, I you know I know what works for me and here's here's what worked for me try it yeah. is kind of was my mentality and then I really kind of got serious about coaching probably about um, two years ago and I actually ended up going and getting certified um, as a life coach because I I wanted to have sort of like the educational piece of it of like how to facilitate a call and how to create a space for someone and not just be like giving advice, but um, I think a big thing in, in coaching, at least uh, for myself, in both how I learn from my coaches and how I, I think that my clients learn the best is by asking the right questions to lead them to their own answers. Like you might know the answer to like why someone might be doing something a certain way, but I feel that a big part of coaching is asking the right questions to get them to arrive at the answer on their own. It's kind of like when you decide to get sober, people could tell you and tell you and tell you and tell you, but until you decide on your own, until you get there on your own, it doesn't stick. And so um, I guess, you know, I, I really decided to get serious about it a couple of years ago, and I learned a lot from, you know, the educational side of it that I just paired with my own experience of it. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty amazing. Did you go to Hawaii? Um, 
<laughs> no, I wish. I wish. I actually did an online. Um, I did an online course through uh, a, a Christian-based um, place called Light University. Light um, University, yeah. And it was really cool. It was sort of like a group setting, and um, every week there would be a video and assignments and writing assignments and things like that. So um, it was a really neat way to learn um, and, and sort of like vibe off of other people as well. Yeah. Yeah. And is there a process or a method to it? Or is it just a sort of an inquisitive questioning thing? And do sure. you get your, most of your clients come from your Facebook page? Yes, most of the clients I work with come from social media or they read an article that I write, yeah. um, something along those lines. I did some articles in the past for like Thought Catalog and Elite Daily and mm -hmm. people found me that way. Yeah. Um, and then to answer your question, yeah, um, I'm initially like for the past couple of years, I've been doing a lot of one-on-one -on -one coaching and um, since I kind of strongly believe that it's not one size fits all or like one path is perfect for everyone I sort of go um based on my intuition um I don't have like a step one step two step three step four do this check that you know what I mean it's yeah. more like where are you at what are you struggling with what's coming up for you and inquisitively asking questions and sort of giving like I give homework assignments like journaling or reading a book or thinking about something or Maybe it's a quote, maybe it's a Bible verse, you know, it depends on what people are comfortable with. Um, but I sort of customize it to each person. So it's a little different for each person. I had people in different I think, capacities, maybe other life coaches, I think other recovery, sobriety coaches. So, and I've never really thought to ask it. I mean, you, do you struggle, you must, you're human, with um, issues of like, you know, uh, are you still struggling with the depression? Or do you struggle with, I don't know, resentments? I mean, that's my big issue. I'm always struggling with, well, depression as a sort of fundamental state of being, but um, sure. resentments in like sort of comparing myself to others, um, I think is where that comes from. Absolutely. And then, yeah. And so you, you work on those on your own? I do. I have a therapist yeah, and a coach and like four mentors. And oh, I mean, I'm constantly doing, yeah, I'm wow. constantly doing work. And because, you know, okay. I'm like, I, I'm a, I always tell this to people when they come and they want to work with me. I'm like, it's cool if you don't, if like, if this isn't a fit, that's cool. Yeah. But I, you know, I, if you're going to work with someone, make sure they're working on themselves because it's, you're never done. Well, see, that makes like, me feel a lot better, actually. You're like, never done. Nah. From my perspective, yeah. it's somebody doing what you do. Um, you know, and, and obviously as, as somebody wanting to share the benefits of it all with other people, the, the picture is going to be the very positive side mm -hmm. for the most part. You're not going to put, put the side out there of you depressed and resentful. Yeah. And yeah, yeah um, well, just but in the same way that, you know, if you're if the person cutting your hair has a really shitty haircut. Right. It's, it doesn't bode, it doesn't bode well. Which happens know? a lot, yeah. man. It does happen yeah. a lot, come to think of it. But, but I do like and appreciate you being able to say that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, that's, I think, a big thing with, um, I I'm assuming or supposing why um, Miracles Are Brewing kind of resonates with people yeah. because I'm not trying to put on this show of, like, I got this right. down pat and I'm perfect. It's like, man... I had a crappy day and I'm going to talk about it. Right. And like, it still happens to me. And, you know, um, recovery in particular is like 
not something you just do once. It's something you do every single day. And like, you know, um, it's, it's, it's ingrained in you. I think part of, um, uh, having an addiction is that, you know, we get obsessive about things and, um, and that's a big driver. And so, you know, like taking the drug use to extremes, that's an obsession. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I always tell people like, it's okay. You're, you're probably never going to get rid of your obsessions. Um, but it's like, it's better if you can find a way to channel them so, like in a healthy way. So now like maybe I'm a little obsessed with yoga, but for me, that's like my healthy outlet to, you know, get rid of it or help me like manage my anger or my resentments or if I have anxiety and I can always tell when I'm and when I'm not inside of my spiritual practice like when I'm um you know not having quiet time in the morning or I'm not getting to yoga practice or I'm not you know reading or writing or if I've fallen off of my, like my spiritual practice I can always tell because I'll be quick to fly off the handle or I'll get mad about something or I'll, I'll create this huge problem in my head about obsessing about it that doesn't even exist <laughs> and, um, right. you know so that's like a really big thing I think is just um, especially inside of recovery is like having your practice that like brings you back to like the ground you know and um I can always tell when I'm not in alignment with that and I'm not doing the things like I dance in my living room or I dance in my garage or like if I'm you know I work out a lot I do yoga a lot um I go to church I I read a lot of books and things like that so when I'm not doing those things I I can fall into a you know a couple sad days or or what have you and I just think that's kind of part of being human, you know, and it's okay to feel the, the, those ways. It's just I, I don't allow myself or I try not to allow myself to get stuck. Yeah. It's like, all right, I'm going to feel this way. I'm going to eat a whole thing of ice cream. I'm going to hide under my covers for the day. And then tomorrow, I'm not going to do that shit anymore. Like, yeah. it's, I'm going to put my big girl panties on and we're going to handle this. Like, yeah. <laughs> we're going to get back on my yoga mat or we're going to go dance and, you know, enjoy music or whatever it might be. So. Yeah. It's funny with depression, you guys know this. Everyone gets sad, but like for for me, like the depression will happen where I'll let that sadness just spiral really quickly. And everything, yes. like, the yeah. world sucks, not just this specific thing, right? Like, yeah, it just triggers a whole. Yeah. Ooh, it's all thing. informing. It's kind of yeah. pass fail yeah. for me. Right. I yes. Sele- I can't be selectively depressed. Yeah. Everything sucks. <laughs> it colors everything. That's that obsessive yeah. part of right. it. That's that obsessive part yeah. of of it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's interesting that you talk about that because I'm I'm getting you know I've, I've it's been a while that I've been able to recognize like those sort of episodes, but the trouble is always sort of climbing out of that that yeah. rut that that pit sometimes. Yeah. Um. I'm getting better. Like when you're talking about you're, you're going to give yourself this this bit to sort of I guess wallow in it in the sense that but then Absolutely. you're going to get out of it yeah. yes you know that's I'm, I'm definitely getting better about that yeah. but you know it, it is strangely um I guess encouraging and somewhat comforting to know that that somebody doing what you're doing with you know a, a bright beaming portrait in a, in a site called miracles are brewing yeah. um you know wrestles with these things also and yeah. You know, I sort of admire that you put it out there. Oh, well, thank you. I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad that that's, that's helpful to yeah. you. And I, I think it's helpful to other people, too, because it's not like I'm some holier-than-thou person. It's kind of like, yeah, I'm going to come alongside you and, like, we're going to do this dirty work together because I've been there and I still go there sometimes. And, you know, people have a respect for that. It's like they could go and pay money and, and sit in um, an office and talk to 
a psychiatrist, and there's nothing wrong with that, but maybe that psychiatrist has never been in the trenches. They don't know what it's like. They've read a lot of books about what it maybe feels like, but there's a difference between like actually feeling it yourself and then you know reading about it. Absolutely, and, th and I think the fact that you kind of build to suit and you take each person you work with individually and prescribe different things, sort of, it, it says that you don't have one stock way of doing things. You don't have one course of action that's going to produce a desired result. You know, everybody's right. different. And, and the fact that you have been there, you know, I think that's one of the fundamentals of 12-step recovery and anything in which, you know, it, it kind of it takes one to know one, you know? And, yeah, and absolutely. And I mean, there's something to be said for step work. It's like, okay, every, you know, I think part of recovery is sort of like facing yourself. Like, yeah. When you admit you have a problem, you're facing yourself like head on. And part of facing yourself is saying, okay, well, I can, I can go sober and I can stop, you know, drinking or using or whatever it might be. But then you start, like, once you get into that and you're in your groove a little bit, you start asking, well, why? Why am I like this? What, what's, what was causing this? Like, you start to wonder, like, why can't I sort of be normal about things? And why do I obsess about stuff? And, and, and that's when the real, the step work comes into play. Cause it's like, you know, you sort of, it's like stepping stones of like, okay, I'm ready to go a little deeper. I'm like, okay, I'm ready to go a little deeper. I'm ready to keep asking why. And like, you sort of build upon it. And, um, so I definitely, um, sort of think that that um no matter what it is sort of step work no matter how you look at it um and so i mean and so that's that's the reality of of your program essentially is that you you've taken a variety of learnings and you've mm -hmm. built the steps to, to for you to get to the, yeah. the core of the issues and and maintain your recovery yeah 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 and um i just kind of try to explain to people like hey you know what i was in that situation too and this is what worked for me or or help them arrive at an answer that maybe like i had to arrive at um you know things like that or just um being able to share i mean i've put in a lot of hours and work to you know i've spent a lot of money on therapy and group coaching and yeah. coaches and all that stuff and it's like i'm just kind of passing along what i've learned along the way like uh, you know whether it's quotes or books or um teachers or practices or or you know anything along those lines because um i do believe everybody kind of does it differently and what may work for me might not work for you and um i think there's many different paths to recovery and i mean the ultimate goal is to just help people to find their own path not like tell them hey this is the path you have to follow it it's like hey let me help you just kind of find your way um and get some motion in the right right in the right direction right um yeah so i am sort of building upon um now that i've worked with you know quite a few people um i'm sort of taking a look um i always sort of like take notes on on everybody and we i have you know i keep kind of extensive notes on things and i'm i notice patterns um as far as like questions or maybe people things that people are struggling with and so i'm actually working on a group coaching sort of program where it would sort of facilitate like a building block approach um but that's only based off of sort of my research from what I've been doing with people on a one-on-one -on -one basis. And um, I sort of, um, I'm a big believer in having, 
you know, a spiritual practice, what I, which I talked about, and then also having um, some form of connection, what, a community, I guess, yeah, if yeah. you will. Um, and so I think with group coaching, which I hope to roll out um, in the next couple months or so, to create sort of like a community around it with the people so that they can sort of vibe off of each other and not isolate and not feel alone. I mean, I think that's a big thing, especially when you're first starting out, okay. is knowing yeah. that you're not yeah. by yourself. And... Um, I think that's why AA works yeah. um, so well for a lot of people because you walk in the room and you're like, oh, my gosh, your story's kind of like mine. Or like, yeah. you know, Chris, when I read your story, that's why I reached out to you. And I'm like, man, yeah. our stories are so similar. Like, and it just helps for people to feel like they're not alone and they don't have to be ashamed or carry around this guilt and shame anymore. Um so, yeah, that's something I'm kind of working on just based off of, like I said, the research that I've been doing. Um, and you, so, a, you have a book, right? Are you writing a book? I'm writing a book, yes. I'm working on a you book. You have and- a book. What's going on with you? <laughs> I'm Is it called Miracles Are Brewing? No, it's no. probably not going to be called that. No. I, you know what? I struggle with this because, honestly, right. to be to be straight up honest, is I started Miracles Are Brewing thinking like, okay, well, I don't think I'm going to sit down in one setting and write, whip out a book. So how about I just blog and I'll blog the book as I go. Yeah, and yeah. Um, and I, I Has have, that happened? I mean, essentially I have enough content on there. I mean, I've got like 600 pages worth of content if I put it all together, but yeah. it's not organized and it's not edited. So yeah. um, it's, I like struggle with this and this is kind of something I'm working on right now. I actually just started my own group coaching um, with more of like a personal development um, side of things to like really light a, like, like light a fire under my ass to, to get this out there because um, like, you so know, how long are you going to make it? It's an ebook, and you're going to make it how long? Um, well, I'm, I'm working on both. I'm working on an ebook that's sort of going to be shorter, um, okay. and, then, and then also a regular book that will be longer. Fascinated um, by the ebook world. Yeah. Right? Cool. Yes. Yeah, but you know what? It's like it's part of you know, that obsessive mind where like, I second guess myself. Yeah. I become a perfectionist. I'm like, it's not good enough. You know, this isn't going to work. It's too long. It's too short. You need to change this. So that's something like I'm, I'm working on. Oh, personally. Is that the worst? Like, yeah, not second guessing myself and just put it that voice that just it doesn't want you to write a book. <laughs> yeah, it's like that voice of fear and like that's ego, right, right? the ego voice that like wants to keep me stuck where I am because like it's comfortable. Love it. Yeah, it's absolutely. ego, it's vulnerability, it's uh, yeah, it's but we all have comparison, that we all have that right? Yeah, yeah. So a lot of stuff in the works, and honestly, you guys, that's why I sort of said, you know what? I'm gonna push myself, and I'm gonna get out of my comfort zone here in sunny Naples, Florida, and I'm gonna do some shit that I normally never would do. I'm gonna have no plan. I'm gonna have no home, and and it's the challenge of that is like getting me so much more creative and I'm meeting people and I'm networking with people on the West Coast more than I was on the East Coast. Um, not West that I don't Coast have people love are way the more East flaky, Coast. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I vibe better with people on the, the West wait, Coast. Wait, so Jeff's going to start an East Coast, West Coast beef right now on this know, podcast. I am. <laughs> I'm just going to put this out there. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> West Coasters. Yeah. Well, it's easy for him because we're in the mid- we're Midwest. We're in the Midwest, so yeah, sorry. whatever. You guys are in the middle. Okay. Yeah. Um, so but, funny. Yeah, and uh, speaking of connections and and cool people, before I forget, I, you know you, you mentioned reading my story and, and wanting to reach out. And in uh, searching for your an email to, to send you an email today, like I came up in, in uh, Kelly Fitzgerald, the sober senorita. Oh, it's uh, my homegirl. I love yeah, her. Home yes. And, uh, yeah, she's, <laughs> she's West Coast. 
She's East Coast. She's East Coast. Mm-hmm. Okay, I know yeah. that um, But uh, yeah, she so she had Blakey. she had no. you know been been singing your praises um, you know for a while now. To me, and it's just you know I'm glad we finally um, you know made the connection, touch base, and, and got you on the pod. Yeah, she's um, so great. Honestly, yeah. she's become one of my really close friends. Like um, I go to her for advice. Like we we get along so well, and it's funny because we met on the internet too. Through I, uh, recovery, through, through yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I read. Um, I think I read that that story of hers that went mm-hmm. viral, and mm-hmm. then um, I followed her on Facebook, and I saw she started posting from Fort Myers, Florida, which is like. 20 minutes north of Naples, and I just reached out to her one day, and I was like, listen, you're here, I'm here, we're both sober, like, you want to grab some sushi and, like, you know, chat it up, and we did, and we just totally hit it off, and, uh, yeah, we've become really close, We she's a huge supporter of my work, and I'm the same, and so much love for her, and I, everybody, honestly, in, um, in the recovery community that I've met, um, mainly online, um, yeah. everyone's just so supportive, and, um, it's it makes it um, easier to not have that like comparison thing going on or or that game where you're thinking someone's better than you because I feel like everyone sort of lifts everyone up and it's 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 a really neat little um, family like you you said at the beginning of the call sort of orbit and sphere that mm-hmm. we're all kind of operating in and um, it's really neat to sort of be able to support everyone's work because um, we're all in it together we're all in it for the same reasons um to be of service and to mm. help the people and to to shine the light in in this huge epidemic of of addiction that we're faced with and um you know so it's it's great when uh when i get to chat with people and and um internet lives and social media lives like become they come to life right. and so <laughs> no it's a good reminder and a good uh yeah, that it, it, you know, it's sort of, uh, it multiplies all our power when we're all sort of, I don't know, bouncing off each other and, and supporting each other. And Absolutely, so, yeah. And I love your podcast. I love what you guys are doing. It's so cool to just um, listen in and just hear how you, you know, you just talk and, and it's not scripted and it's not here's the questions we're going to ask. It's just very real and um, I really appreciate that. You know, it's like it's it's um, there's definitely something to be said for that. So thank you. Well, cool. Thanks well, thanks for being part of the conversation totally. tonight. Carter. Absolutely. To to yeah. Thank you so much. And before we go, I am doing um, since, since we talked about coaching so much, yes. I'm actually doing a giveaway right now. Ooh, um, nice. I'm doing three months of one on one coaching. Um, I'm giving it away. I just like I woke up one morning and I felt this call. People were reaching out to me and asking me for help, um, but maybe didn't have financial means to do it or or what have you. So I I created this giveaway. I'm going to announce it on Friday. Um, so if you go to you're going to announce America- it tomorrow because this is coming out tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So they'll have a day okay. if any of your listeners want to enter. Okay. It. All the information's on Miracles Are Bring Facebook right. page. It's is on it my like a random sweepstakes, or do we we got to like tell you why? <laughs> we need three hours I'm like mindfully reading through the submissions wow. of like yeah. I'm, t- I'm asking people to tell me um I, I had a crappy day last week and I wrote about it and I said let's just not talk about our highlight reels all the time let's talk about our real reels like yeah. what's really going on and so that sparked this whole thing and nice. people to tell me what's your real reel why do you want coaching really? and what will you create more of in this world nice and so- reading all of them and like kind of it's it's a little overwhelming but it's great and um i'm gonna give it away to 
somebody that um, just I you know feel the call to give it to. I like that. That's a good that's cool. That is service. And this is, yeah. this is <laughs> Thank you. Gentleman who's ostensibly homeless. Okay. Out of a suitcase, and I'm just giving it away. So she'll give it away if you can find her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> well, cool, Carly. Um, that's terrific. That's that's fantastic. And um, yeah, this will yeah. be out tomorrow, and uh, hopefully everybody will take a look at miraclesrbrewing.com and and uh, highly recommended. Yeah. Yeah, come drop me a line, say hi. I promise I don't bite. Yes. (laughs) Thank you so much, guys. Have a good one. I'll see you online. (laughs) Bye bye. Another clean and sober intervention.